does. It's fantastic. Well, Dan, it's really good to see you, man. Likewise. Sorry, I was trying to hit record. Yeah, it's, um, gosh, you know, I feel like we've had these times. It's like, oh, we'll like connect and be like, oh, we should, we should do a podcast. We should go do a podcast. And then it's probably more my fault, honestly, but uh, <laughs> then it never happened. So um, I'm stoked oh. to be chatting, man. I actually, I, I was also really inspired as, to talk to you as well because I just finished uh, this guy here, Quick and the Dead. Great book. Great we book. got some Sean Wildman Sewell Mountain Man <laughs> shout out. That, yeah, page 43. Oh, I love 43. That. Yeah. Oh, dude, have you heard the audio book yet? I have not. Check this out. Sean Sewell, a Colorado mountain man, was introduced <laughs> to Strong and British Protocols. Yeah. SMG. That right is my ringtone cool. now. So. There are several programs on oh, Strong and the man. Uh, but the two. Well, that's that great. I'm so glad you, uh, you checked out Quickly Dead. It's based off the Strong and Endurance Protocols that we talked about last time in person. They're beautiful um, in their simplicity. And still playing the. At oh, first, I was not used to the added the stop time. They quite uh, in the program. But so before long. Oh, is it? Boom. All right. <laughs> Funny. Real quick for those uh, for listeners, uh, that was the wild man, the Russian wild man, Pavel Tatsulin. Did I say that right? Yeah, Tatsulin. Yeah, Tatsulin. Um, which he's he's founded Strong First, and Sean's part of Strong First, and has worked with Pavel. So it's um, that's in the strength and conditioning world, that's a big deal. So uh, definitely check out the book we're talking about. It's called The Quick and the Dead, mm-hmm. and uh, it's I've actually just finished it and been kind of testing it out. So yeah, man. Oh, that's super exciting. Uh, what protocols are you doing? Do the O three three, the swings and the pushups? I've been doing uh-huh. swings. I, I've actually, of, of course, in, in uh, true monkey form, I kind of hybridize. I've been doing swings and pushups and then the snatches as well. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. That's where, that's where it's at. Snatches are so fun too. When done properly, of course. It's such an effective uh, training protocol and so simple. And to your point, like, and I hope we talk about this, about you being a father and busy entrepreneur and like kind of greasing the groove and doing like micro workouts. And so this is like fantastic for that because you can do something really intense for 15 seconds and then take a few minute break and go check on the kiddo, you know, or the kids and walk around the house and do stuff. Right. Right. I actually did a, uh, on that note, I did a, I was doing squats yesterday and uh, I just set a five minute timer. So I'd run in the garage real quick bang out five reps, which, you know, it takes 30 seconds max, run back in, and then you've got four minutes and 30 seconds of playtime, active recovery, and then you go do it again, you know, <laughs> and it's, uh, it's just a mindset thing, you know, it's not like it's this, this rocket science, it's just a, a mindset and kind of just reframing your, your context and context, excuse me, in situation. So yeah, and, and reading this was super, super helpful as well. I'm glad to hear that. Cause I know last time I saw you in person was at the monkey, uh, office up there in Boulder and we were talking briefly about it and, and I'm glad it makes sense now too because it is ridiculously simple and effective the hardest concept for people to get over is all the additional rest like what do you do like this blank space um, you can do a lot in that blank space you can get very creative you know you don't have to just like go into that glycolytic zone all the time you know where you're just getting crushed and you're feeling sore for days you're you know I actually had Dr. Craig um um, Craig Marker on and he did a lot of research and so he would talk about the telomeres lengthening like and de- decreasing his actual physical age and increasing his resilience and stuff it's really remarkable stuff training smart right oh absolutely I listened to that episode by the way nice job oh, cool like a- thank you he's a stud yeah he's a great oh, guy he's like like Brad Kearns like these these are the guys that I get to like email back and forth like Brad just sent over 
<laughs> plug to Brad Kearns, his masterful uh, macadamia nut butter. I've already eaten a third of the jar this morning. <laughs> <laughs> I, saw, I just actually, I just saw you post that on Instagram. How is that stuff, man? So good. It is so good. Um, do you like macadamia nuts? Yes. I mean, who I do? It's just basically a jar of macadamia nuts with um, maybe three other things in it. Let's see. Uh, cashews, walnuts, coconut butter, cacao nibs, and more MCT oil. Okay. Yeah. Keto friendly, of course, if you're a keto person or you just want a delicious, awesome, satisfying snack. So good. Shout out to the wild man, Brad Kearns, Get Over Yourself podcast. It's a fun episode, uh, fun, fun podcast. He's a great guy too. You should definitely connect with him. Yeah, good. no, I've actually emailed with him a little bit. Um, you know, when he was talking about the carnivore stuff and uh, I've also emailed, cause he was talking about the, um, gosh, what was it? I think it was DNA fit. Was that the genetic testing that's kind of focused on athletic performance? Oh, I don't know yet. I'd look into that. That's really cool. DNA fit, but he had a commercial for them, but he was talking about how, you know, he was this endurance athlete and he was training this high volume of the slow steady state. But when he got his kind of muscular profile back, it was he was tilted towards like power and strength and how that, you know, he was kind of like fighting his own genetics in his training. So I was just, I was curious how, like how that knowledge would change. If you could go back in time, how would you have kind of done it differently from a, like if you wanted to be good at endurance, but if you had this muscle profile, you know, what, how would you change that? So, um, good question. Yeah. I still don't have like the perfect answer, but I suspect I'm actually in a similar situation so um what's been working for me has or what i've used i guess in the past has worked pretty well actually i think so yeah. well ask anybody that sees your your profile that aesthetically it works very well for you too yeah. <laughs> every time I, i'm like i'm gonna talk monkey day my wife's like can you do it shirtless oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it is a uh, snowing today's so maybe not today but in the future yeah, I'm something. gotta get environmental <laughs> conditioning you're right. Well, my colleagues, Ryan, um, this is going to sound really funny. We, we've been testing a lot of boxers, uh, sacks, S-A-X, okay. like a whole care package. Like it says the best things ever happened to your balls. And it's just super funny. <laughs> so <laughs> luckily we're all size medium. So I went to the gym and I gave uh, Ryan Humphreys and, and Dan and, and myself some boxers. And he's out in the snow doing a little happy dance today in his boxers. So if you want to see a very fit male jumping in the snow, check out Ryan Humphreys. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, making um, people happy out there. Can you describe Quick and the Dead? Because you're going to do it way better than I can. Oh, and, sure. Uh, I'll be honest. Yeah, just the general concept. And oh, the concept. So basically, um, and this goes back to, you know, Dr. Craig Marker does a fantastic job explaining what HIT is and what it isn't. So let's start there. HIT, high intensity interval training. People think they're doing it. It's advertised very often, you know, at gyms coming to the hit class, but really high intensity, you won't, you can't sustain it, at least high quality for more than 15 to 30 seconds. If you, and if you're going past that, you're going into what's called the glycolytic state. So there's three energy systems, basically that you want to spend a lot of time either in aerobic, you know, hiking around and doing fun stuff, you know, playing with the kids and like, you know, long, slow duration, cardio, fantastic, whatever or spend some time in this quick burst of intense, safe motion, hopefully a compound motion. It doesn't have to be a kettlebell swing. It can be, it can be a jump. It could be a, a seal jack or a jumping jack or a, a plyometric pushup, a box jump, a battle ropes, using any of Monkey Dan's uh, awesome fitness tools, right? Just doing something explosively for a short duration of time and then repeating it. This becomes hurt. High intensity, repeat training. And then uh, what Dr. Craig Marker does a great job of explaining is once you get to the point where you cannot um, demonstrate that same level of intensity, you stop. 
you stop there because otherwise you're training your mind and your body bad patterns. You're training for failure. You don't want that. Like you're going to go to failure in real life. Like when we're out skiing and mountaineering and stuff, that's when you're going to hit those opportunities for growth. You don't need to push it that hard in the gym, just safely training. So long straight longer, you know, eight to 15 seconds of eight or nine out of 10 intensity and then recover so you, until you get the talk test. So you can say at least two or three sentences coherently, and then you can repeat. That was a, a much a more concise and clear synopsis <laughs> than I, I probably would have been able to do. No, that's some. Um, what's really, well, I guess I really, when I do it, I'm like, oh yeah, it makes, when I read this and I, you know, then I test it out, it makes perfect sense to me. But I think as a, as a culture and a society, especially in the US, it's like if we're not laying in a puddle of sweat, just destroyed after every workout, we feel like we're slackers, or at least that's kind of like the, the messaging that's been given to us, you know, since age, whatever. So how, how, it's in listening to Pavel talk on, you know, on Tim Ferriss, on Joe Rogan show, mm. that's like the total opposite of kind of this focused Russian training system mm -hmm. where it's accumulating these good reps, higher volume, but non-exhaustive. So um, like, how do you, how do we switch? How do we switch the mindset? You know, it's, um, that's a great question. How do we? I mean, hopefully by, by seeing professionals, much more intelligent people than, than me explaining this, demonstrating it with research, just try it. <laughs> you know, try it for two weeks. What do you have to lose? I, I, can, I don't want to say any kind of guarantee, but I think you're going to find you don't get as much congestion muscular. You know, you don't get fatigued. Heck, you might feel more energized. Well, I always do afterwards. It's like a nice cup of coffee. And you... Basically, the way I look at training, the way Pavel and all these people look at training is, you know, train intelligently for life outside. And you and I love outdoor recreation, right? I don't want to spend time in the gym. <laughs> I'd right, rather right. be with you. Right. So, and hopefully, if you're listening to this or watching this, you would rather be outside doing something with your loved ones or friends as well. And so just keep that in mind that results are more attractive than, than entertaining fitness training programs. You know, like, and that's hard to sell because a lot of people go to or went to a gym at least after work, blow off steam, do a kickboxing class, do a high intensity interval class, because we've been taught that that's what's what fitness is, but it's not really true. Like, you could be kind of fit, but then you're neglecting your health. And the only time fitness comes before health is in the dictionary. So, health first. The <laughs> <laughs> Brett Jones quote. <laughs> oh, totally. Yeah, he's he, he's got nuggets. Every other sentence he says is just like, I'm taking notes. That's perfect. You know. What's his name again? Brett Jones. Brett Jones, okay. Yeah, the man, the myth, Brett Jones. One thing, reading Quick and the Dead, what, what I kept thinking of is, we just we just shipped Monkey 360s recently, and you know it's this rotate, it's this explosive rotational training device, really. And um, it, to me, it was like, oh my gosh, it's just the perfect thing for this type of program where you're doing short, intense, you know, full octane reps with. <laughs> you know, full rest in between and these clusters. So we're working on, uh, I'm actually releasing a new program, hopefully in January, we're going to update the app, but probably subsequently do more of like a quick in the dead esque inspired at least program. So oh, I love that. that. Yeah. I've had good success um, using, I think it was an isoquary sent over and like explosive chops and stuff. Right, I right. push presses or rows. Those were great. And it was funny when I, when the very first time I, I went to the course three and a half years ago for strong endurance with Pavel, it was in typical Pavel 
stoic fashion, you only do these two exercises, right? And I was like, I kind of want to tweak it like you. I'm like, I think I want to add some jump squats in there, you know, play around with it. And then I was swapping notes with Craig Marker and he's like, oh yeah, that's a great idea. Have you tried it on the Concept2 rower? Have you tried it on the Echo bike? Have you tried it? Anything, anything where you're just exerting safely and repeating the process and recovering. Exactly. Go with it. Yeah. Use your tools for sure. They're, they're portable and fantastic and high quality. So yeah, use them up. What, um, oh, I totally just lost my train of thought. Um, oh, so one thing that it's always, I think another thing that's hard for folks to kind of follow and understand is like how this explosive short training, how does that translate to endurance? Yes. Oh, that's a great question. And uh, again, there's way more intelligent people that can explain this in better science and research. But basically, in a nutshell, we're training your engine, the mitochondria. We're making the engine bigger and more efficient. And therefore, you have more capacity to do more things. So. Okay. Wow. That was, <laughs> that's it. That's that's it. it. <laughs> I need to refresh on my uh, exercise physiology, but mitochondria are like essentially the machines inside your cells that are, they're making ATP, correct? Yeah, adenosine triandiphosphate, and then re, as it releases, um, there's a whole bunch of chemical reactions. Basically, if you can positively affect that mitochondria and it becomes more resilient and it can, has more capacity, then you have more capacity to go for a couple more ski runs or go for a longer hike, you know? Life's great. And then also, um, it, there's a word for this. I'm gonna, I don't want to miss say it, but um, when cells become weak, this, this kind of training also helps kind of clear out the non-performing cells. Kind of it's like myotropy. I forget. Dead, dead cells go away. Clear oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. And, and that's where the health benefit comes from. Right, right. So, um, there's, there's two ways to approach it. There's more than two ways, but the basic two ways is doing it fasted for health benefits. So if I'm like really wanting to get my heart rate variability maximized, you know, like to a hundred or even I've had it higher than hundred, which I didn't know is even possible. Yeah. It was like 140. I was like, what? So I must have had a really good night of rest and really good nutrition the last few days before that number. But, um, if, if that's the goal, health is the goal I recommend and, and Craig marker recommends fasted. And, um, if you want more of a athletic gains, then, you know, eat before you do it. So you can push a little bit harder probably. Right. Right. I've been, I've been doing the, uh, the morning fast of just, it's quick. It's easy. I just, you know, it's 30 minutes max. Totally. And, um, I'm trying to think, cause in, I remember in the book it was, yeah, morning fasted or afternoon for like peak power and explosiveness. And I remember in college, you know, we always practiced and lifted generally in like that kind of one to four was typically our training window, which I always felt good. And you know, in the morning, man, it's like, especially for strength and power when it's like a first thing in the morning, I just, it's one, I think it's like a motivation thing. My nervous system just isn't fired up in the same way. I'd rather just go walk, hike or, or yeah. run or whatever, you know, just that slow, steady state first in the morning and then afternoon, like bring it from the power. Yeah. You'd perspective. So oh, I like it. And you know, your circadian rhythm better than anybody else, right? right. It's going right. to be individualized for sure. But like you, um, I, I still get up pretty early. And so if I'm going to do a, the fasted, I like to be fasted for cognitive benefits too. I know you do a lot of creativity as a business owner. I find mm -hmm. um, if I'm fasted, I can get more work done and more writing. But if I really want to go, you know, lift some heavy stuff and put, push around pretty fast, I definitely <laughs> want to have some fuel in the tank. Oh, for sure. Actually, you know what? You brought up a very good point because the wild man, he's up in Alaska, Nick Leah, he's a, um, helicopter pilot up there for the coast guard. He had a question about intermittent fasting 
Cool. Is that something, do you, is, do you, what's your fast, how does that fit in your training? Oh yeah, I accidentally fast. It's just pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from that macadamia, that's the only thing I've had today and a cup of coffee. I, you know what? I just, I've gotten in a routine where my last meal is 6 p.m. And, okay. and it's, it's probably my biggest meal of the day. So I really eat between like 10 and 6 or noon and 6. And okay. it's not intentionally, I just don't have an appetite in the morning anymore because I, I know I, I cognitively, cognitively perform better when I'm fasted and I have a lot of work to do or I get to do a lot of work. So why not do it fasted? If I eat, I become, my, my theory is that my body starts focusing on processing the food and less cognitive. And so, you know, if I'm going to see family or hang out with the nieces or something, yeah, I'll eat with them, have breakfast, and then we'll just be lazy and run around the backyard. But, uh, you know, if I need to get work done, I'll do it fasted. Sure, sure. I mean, that makes total sense. Just, you know, if you eat a bunch, there's more blood in your gut, you know, versus your head or wherever. So it makes total sense. Yeah. I, I've played around with it. I, I guess what I've, what I've definitely noticed is like, I can, I could wake up early, go for like a really long run or hike or climb and almost not eat and feel pretty good. Um, but I think, I think doing for me personally, I think doing the intermittent fasting on a regular basis, like every day, People do like the, what is it usually the six and eight, or excuse me, the eight and 16. Yeah. Eight, pretty standard, right? Yeah. Eight hour eating window. You know, for me, it's just like, I think I need more food. I think it's just a body type thing. And like, I remember even Brad actually mentioning it on his show. Like, I just, I think I was under fueling with all the activity, you know? So yeah, you're, you're high output kind of guy. You need a lot of food. <laughs> well, I, I think I don't, I think, you know, listening what's working for like, anecdotally what would it might be working for someone then yeah i don't believe i definitely believe it's working for them but you know if our energy output's different it's just, you know again it's just an individual thing i i've always always felt like nutrition has been a you know it's just an individual journey and I, there's certainly foundations to build upon but i just i've always been hesitant to give like super specific advice to people because i just i really believe it's it's an individual thing you know hundred percent. I agree with you so much. And, you know, obviously I get hired to help people with this and I, it's such a tricky situation because everybody's a little bit different and we evolve and we change almost day to day. Like there might be a day like today where it's a nice, you know, funny, fun, snowy day. We don't do a whole bunch of stuff, but if it's you and me, we're outside, we would have probably burnt 4,000 calories climbing a mountain and splitboarding, you know, and that right. case we're going to have a whole bunch of chicken wings or something, right. To refuel. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> right. Well, I think like, I'm not trying to like pump, pump myself up or us up, but I, I just, I think like the middle of the bell curve of normal activity for most people, especially in the States is just not even, we're, we're very, we're so far on that uh, long tail. It's like, it's just, it almost needs its own new data set. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So um, that's a good point. And especially a lot of people working from home now. You know, yeah. I mean, I see it so much like my wife is in HR at a law firm and uh, she's working full time from home. Thank goodness. And I just got her a, a sit stand desk because I, oh. I made the observation like she used to go to the, you know, kitchen and get water and, and talk with people. And now it's just the dogs talking to us. And so, you know, we're trying to like get some kind of routines and movement in. And um, I can't even imagine what it's like in other people's homes who sure. don't have the resources we do as far as like sit stand desk or, you know, a proper office setup. Um, I can only imagine there's probably a lot of mental and physical things that are going to come out of this last eight months that are going to need some addressing for sure. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I wonder, 
because I, I ran a gym at a, at Oracle um, yeah. for many years. And, you know, people, it was really awesome because you were like the fun guy. You were like the relief. People would come in, well, off steam. It was awesome. Like, you know, it was just positive, added, positive vibes the whole time. I, but, but it was like this little safe space people could come to move, stretch, whatever. Because I just, I never, you know, you'd see these magazine articles or whatever. It's like six stretches to do at your desk. Blah, 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 blah. I just don't, I never saw people doing that. And I just, there's something about that environment that it's just, you're a product of your environment, right? If you're not in an environment to move, if you're not dressed to move, you're not going to move. Right. But I wonder if when people, since people are at home now, I wonder if there's like this, I wonder if people are taking advantage of the opportunity to do more like the micro workout thing or actually, you know what I mean? Kind of mix it into the day. That's a great question. Unfortunately, you know, here's an observation. So back in March when it's all started happening, I had two gyms. One was inside a, a corporate law firm, like we talked yeah. about. Oh like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So that closed because keeping everybody safe and then my other gym closed too. So in like one day, 80% of the people I, I got to work with just kind of stopped. Right. And so I reached out to them and um, some of them, reached out and said, hey, you know, I don't have equipment at home or I have very limited equipment, but I still want to keep up with activity. So, I mean, after this podcast, I, I, I get to do a group Zoom class all across the, the nation with all the employees. And so I'll have like eight to 15 people on the Zoom and then I'm like, what do you have today? You have a dog for, okay, dog squats it is. What do you got, a big old detergent? That's your, that's your dumbbell, you know? <laughs> Just getting crafty with people, right? right. It's fun, like there's days where there's more dogs on the Zoom than there's people and I, I love those ones. Our dogs <laughs> come in too and it's a lot of fun. And, but again, like you did, you created a, a positive uh, outlet for people they look forward to. If people can reformat um, their mindset a little bit and realize that they can do this in their living room or their hallway or on their deck in the backyard or in the snow if they want to, they still have that opportunity to compartmentalize and, and invest in themselves. And hopefully they find a trainer or a program or your app or whatever it is to have structure and accountability. Maybe they can get their neighbor to do it with them virtually or somebody just something to look forward to. I think we all need community now more than, more than ever, for sure. Right. Oh, absolutely, man. And you know, I, I just, I was reflecting on this before we started or before this morning, before we got on, but you know, I was thinking about it. Most of the stuff I do training wise is body weight. You yeah. Know, I, I do a ton of yoga. Nice. And then, you know, just body weight, like calisthenics type stuff, pull-ups, dips, push-ups, whatever, squats, squat jumps, lunges, blah, 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 blah you know, yeah. and it's, uh, I don't know. Maybe I just take for granted, like having this kind of bank in my mind, but gosh, man, with YouTube and the internet, it's like, there's just, there's an infinite amount of resource to, to use. I think, you know, I, I, I think where, where we've been fortunate is we get to apply our creativity and enjoyment of this particular realm to share with people and, you know, make a living out of it. So yeah, we're very fortunate to be able to do yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's fun, it's fun to be able to like, you know, a scientist of movement in a way, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's so true. You know, I, I'm going to bring this into, uh, I do have a gym now where I get to still work with people one-on-one -on -one and safely and outdoors, which is great. Like last, last Monday, I think it was snowing here in Denver and we're training. Most people are training for ski conditioning or snowboarding. So I'm like, put on your bibs. We're going outside and we use the, the isocore and other things, the monkey bars and uh, had a good old time, but um, long story longer. Uh, yeah, definitely grateful to be able to still help people because I know a lot of people just kind of shut off like this will this will pass in two weeks, this will pass in a month, and then the ones that did not give up and stuck with it are are setting what we call pandemic PRs. 
you know? Oh yeah. <laughs> because right. there's a little more access to the kitchen now. You make a nice sandwich or whatever it is to eat because it's just right there. It's another excuse of not doing that. Maybe you can sleep in an extra half an hour because you don't have a commute probably. So there's an opportunity to be to for greatness here for sure. Oh, absolutely, man. Do you, how, how is the, you know, I, I haven't, I'm trying to think, I haven't really done a formal, like, I've never done a formal personal training or training session over, you know, virtually. How, how is that? Like, how do you like it? Does it, oh, do you think it's effective? Yes. Yeah, um, fortunately, Dan, because you have a nice camera and audio setup, you know, so you're already set up for this in a great way. A lot of trainers don't have the technology background that you and I have or the, the tools or the desire to learn how to do it. So they're just putting their phone up against something and it's, it's crap, I'd be honest, right? Not that they're bad trainers, it's just, it's not presenting the best service. And I, I, um, I, this is overkill for sure. I have four cameras and I have them set up different places and I have an HDMI switch and I've got wireless microphones. And uh, it, so it's, a, in my experience, a very good service. And, and I record each one to make sure that there's, if there's anything I do better, I'm gonna do better next time, of course. And so I'll show you the switch. I almost set it up for you, but yeah, I use this to record uh, Pavel's strong endurance event and stream it live to like 150 oh. people. Yeah, it's so cool. I'll, I'll walk you through this sometime, and I can do picture in picture, so I can have your head in here. We can do a little infographic of the new, uh, you know, Black Friday drop for the monkey product, and then wow. go to a video. It's cool. You can do fade to black and cross in, and you can. Uh, each one has its own microphone channel. It's pretty right. quick. So that's how I do it, um, and so. I go through Zoom. I have a dedicated, um, you know, the highest speed internet possible. So it only crashes once every 10 times, which is just how it works, you know. <laughs> it, oh, when I was recording Pavel's thing on day two, it crashed three or four times. Very embarrassing and very humbling to be like, Pavel, time out. Can you repeat that? No, I will not repeat that. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely on the seat of my pants the whole time. Um, technology just breaks. That's how it works. But if you can have backup cameras, like the one camera might freeze if I have for more than four hours straight. So I'll just pan to a different camera. And then my wife, <laughs> this is great. You know, you're married too. Like oftentimes they ask, how do we get involved with fitness? And you're like, oh, I'll train you. And it doesn't always happen. Now she works in the law firm. And I'm like, she's my model. So she'll come in here and do the exercises as I'm telling pirate jokes and, and doing it. So <laughs> <laughs> it's been a fun journey for sure. Okay. Uh, so. Uh, yeah, through Zoom it works. Um, I have not had good success with the Google or the Microsoft Teams or anything. Okay. Um, but it's it's definitely doable. And also, what I've done for my one-on-one -on -one people is I'll record, uh, say, a four or five-minute circuit or like a, the mobility drills, and I'll put it up on YouTube, either unlisted or public, if I want to share with people, and then have a link to them, like, hey, make sure you do this before the session starts, so we can spend majority of the session assessing your movement patterns, um, and or you know, going through the program in real time. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Either it's a movement assessment and like program details or it's like in real time and it's just like it will be in person. Right. So yeah, I think it's pretty effective. You got to make a tutorial, like your camera <laughs> set up for, you get, you could sell basically a class of how to set up a, a virtual trainer for virtual trainers. I will do that today. I, so I think that's pretty, I feel like there's definitely a market for that because yeah, I, most, you know, most of my friends are trainers and strength coaches and, you know, they're just not on that level of tech savviness and I'm certainly not either. So I, that's something I'd be interested in personally. I would, I love it. How about we'll do this? We'll do like different price points, like the 300 yeah. price point, the 500, the 1000 yeah. and then the bonkers, right. but the bonkers is because I have a YouTube channel, right? So like, I want to make sure the content's good for that. Uh, but you don't need the bonkers. I think, um, a wireless microphone. 100 to 200 dollars wireless uh, road is like the standard and that's the same standard they use on like all youtube channels that and then your iphone will work um 
just fine or your iPad or um, if you have a camera, you can get something called a capture card for like 60 bucks. So right now I'm using a, a Panasonic camera like you have. You have the G4, yeah. right? I have like the G7. Yeah, yeah. Which is a fantastic camera. Yeah, it's a job done. Oh, it's, yeah. Your videos are fantastic. So you have an HDMI out port. It goes into the capture card, goes into the computer. And then all of a sudden you went from a webcam to uh, prime lens, bokeh, all the good stuff. Okay. Yeah, well, this I was going to say like, gosh, your video looks really good. Thanks, man. It's, it already had the tools, right? And so this is like a cheap camera with a cheap prime lens. So okay. this is the $500 option right here. Okay, okay. Yeah. What, but, uh, what's your YouTube channel? Just so folks can, oh, on the monkey side can find oh, it. Check it out. Yeah, ingearment.com YouTube. And um, on there, you'll find like a lot of gear reviews. We, we've been working with a lot of outdoor research this week. 11.8 from Sweden, Patagonia, all the Patagonia stuff, the Das Parka, the new one with Aerogel, uh, Mountain Hardware. Um, and soon splitboarding, very soon. We need more yes. snow, but yeah, a lot of splitboarding stuff in there. Just on the monkey side, for those of you guys listening, so Sean, he has a website. It's engearment.com, right? I'll, I'll link all this on our side, but engearment.com, he has gear reviews and the dude, I just got it. The dude goes out and they're testing it. It's not just like they open the package and, oh, this looks nice. You know, he's out there in the wild, in the mountains, testing and using it. So, um, you know, if you guys are looking for outdoor gear, check them out. They're, uh, they're legit. I really appreciate it. And I'm oh, very yeah, fortunate sure. I get to do this with people like you, Dan. I mean, we went camping twice in this in the snow. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. I, that was a lot of fun. I, and I today put up the video of uh, our first monkey training session. And that was a good powder day, too. That was a fun day. That oh, was, yeah. No, that was still, gosh, that's probably in my top, for sure, top 10. It might be top five powder days, honestly. Oh, well, I'm quite honored. Yeah, that's yeah, all. Awesome. That was a great day. So we went, uh, Sean's got his. <laughs> it was a good time. Uh, Sean's a, uh, for those of you that aren't familiar, split boarding is essentially like a snowboard that splits in half and turns into like kind of a ski snowshoe uh, hybrid. So you can like hike up the mountain, snap the board back together, and then you can shred shred your face off going back down. Oh, it's so fun. And there's one right there. That one's uh carbon graphite actually i think that was one okay. i was using when we were riding together okay okay yeah i recognize the yeah the logo. the logo that's that's an oz board made in with a wind-powered facility up in arvada and those bindings are spark carbon graphite okay, okay. i'm actually in the market myself so i'll uh i'll have to hit you back up <laughs> oh, I, I work with spark rnd for their fitness video a few months back so i got okay. it for you okay yeah, for sure they make us they're all handmade in, in um bozeman montana so. okay nice nice okay yeah. So back to quick in the dead, you, um, how long did you do that protocol? Oh, I've been doing variations of it since I have my notes. My, my, my whiteboard is a mirror right here. Um, it was August 1st, 2017. So the day after the seminar I started. Wow. Okay. And yes. you're still doing that today. Yes. Okay. Variations of it. And was kind of fun too. So, um, Three weeks ago, give or take, we hosted Pavel at our, our second location of our gym, Project Move. And um, since the very first um, Strong Endurance Seminar, they've taken a lot of notes and applied things. And so there's more than just these two protocols. These are the two most um, studied and easy to duplicate, meaning you can do this protocol. So start there. But once you have some time in it, you know, several months in, you can get pretty funky with some stuff like snatch walking and loaded carries and like really fun stuff that it's, it's a fun because you should, and you will progress to a point where it won't be, uh, 
as night and day results. Like you can, you can stay in this forever as like a, a maintenance program. And I have during split boarding season. So I'm not trying to like peak. I'm just trying to stay in shape and not injured. And it works great for that. But say you're in the off season and you really want to increase your deadlift or increase something, right? You can do a more specialized program. And uh, so I've been doing variations of it for what is that? Three years and two months. Okay. And okay. I have every once in a while I will go and I don't compete. I'm not competitive at all, but I will like hang out with a friend who's a fellow fitness professional and do something like um, uh, a 500 meter row just to get an idea where I stand with people. And then um, the worst one I did was the echo bike. You ever done the echo bike? Yeah, it's humbling. <laughs> My friend was like, how fast can you do 10 calories? And I did it in like 11 seconds. And um, I, was, I was happy with the results, but I'm not going to do that again. It's yeah, I don't, there's something, I don't know if it's maybe the way you kind of like have to hunch over a little bit or something on it, but man, that thing just, there's very few, very few things that jack you up like that. I mean, it's just, <laughs> I just can't think of, even like doing burpees as fast as you can. It's not. I can't think of anything else, honestly. Yeah. I kind of want to get one for home. Just oh, yeah. It'd be perfect for home. Oh, yeah. I, they're like 800 bucks. They'll last forever. Um, yeah. And for me, the, the throw is just right, I think. It's not too okay. sure. But is it, the throw is not really adjustable, I don't think. So if you're between Dan and I's size, it's, it's a good, good tool. Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. I feel like you're quite a bit taller than me. I don't know, man. I'm you're, like five. I'm like five, seven and a half on a good day. <laughs> yeah, okay. you're a you're a strong guy you're strong guy. <laughs> um there's a there's a bike though that I, I think for home use is pretty good and it's like 350 bucks it's the marcy and it's metal um and it's got a shoulder throw and i was i was testing it out i did a q and d session on it okay. so um just all out for like 10 seconds and then resting until top of a minute and it worked fine for that so. okay and how did how did quick and dead for you compared to like um, simple and sinister, like, oh, good question. I believe we, I know for sure Pavel redid simple and sinister to reflect on the um, anti-glycolytic training, meaning uh, change the parameters of the timing to allow for okay. more. Rest. So, um, I liked simple and sinister for mechanics. The Turkish getup is like I, one of the best exercises that most people don't do, right? Because it takes a lot of time and a lot of learning to do safely and correctly. But you can do it with a, your shoe or, no, or a bottle of water. It's just the, the pattern is important, right? And then once you get proficient with that, then you can start loading the pattern. And then swings. I love swings. So, yeah, I, I like Simple Sinister. But as far as, like, I think a person, if they're looking at both programs, should probably start with Simple and Sinister, get the mechanics down, be proficient, and then go for the ballistics, which right, right. you can quicken the dead. For sure, for sure. Do you, does, I should know this, but. I remember listening to Pavel talk about, you know, if he, he was kind of focusing more on weightlifting, like Olympic weightlifting, but is, does he have the strong first? Do they have a book that's more barbell focused or weightlifting mm. focused? They do. There's a certification called SFL, strong first lifter. Yeah. Um, I went through that last August with Doc Hartle. You would love Doc. He's such an intelligent person. He's got our, our sense of humor. Okay. Um, Eric Tomei said humorous. He would expect you to laugh, like humorous. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that guy, kind of humor. Um, and he loves Metallica. Uh, yeah, so he focuses on the, the I don't say traditional, but uh, deadlift, whether conventional or sumo. Um, okay. Squatting. Zercher squat. You ever do Zercher squats? You know, I've tried them a handful of times, but it just killed that flap in my yeah. elbow. Yeah, it's uh, for me, it works really well. But for my colleagues like Ryan, 
he did not like it at all either. Yeah. I, I search or squat my dogs all the time. I get under their bellies. And oh, just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's fun. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, then there's the bench press and then the uh, military press. And then there's there's um, other tools in the toolkit. There's the the hardle plank, which is a hard style plank. Um, so just strong irradiation, you know, for like 10 seconds and then rest for five, which is a really good way to get the core activated. There's the good morning, which is not something you should do really heavily loaded, but it teaches really proper hinging. Um, and there's a, f- a few other drills like that, but basically it's the deadlift, um, the squat, whether front squat, bodybuilding wise, front squat regular or back squat or high, you know, high bar or low bar. So it teaches you all the ones and you can find out what works best for you and what works best for your, your clients or students. Okay. So yeah, there's a full on certification for it. Okay. What, what's like their general approach to as far as like loading and reps and sets and like that? What? A good question. Um, even they have a body weight program too, the Strong First Body Weight Program. And oh, I'm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that was based off of, um, sorry, they're scraping snow. Oh, no <laughs> they are. Every time I do a podcast, it's either the trash, UPS, or dogs would go crazy. <laughs> Just how it works. Uh, and that one's based off of hollow holds, uh, pistol squats, air lunges, which I think are really fun. Um, kind of like a shrimp squat and um, the tactical pull-up, which I, you know, right here, as opposed to close grip right here um, right. and some other really cool tools to, I think a person, if they're going to do it, this is and actually Eric Frohart, retired Navy SEAL, who was the former CEO for Strong First said that, in this order to start with the body weight, go to the kettlebell. And then if you'd like to learn more, go to the barbell one certification. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I think I'm really just, I'm personally shifting to like, I guess it was kind of like an intuitive journey to like this kind of more micro workout, workout all day. Mm-hmm. But you know what I actually got it from was bow hunting is where it really clicked was because I'm up, you know, an, at least an hour or two or three before the sun rises, mm-hmm. moving all day. You're doing these little kind of micro sprints. You're moving, you know, through timber up and up. You're just, you're going through this huge range of motion all day long there's certainly bouts of high intensity, but the vast majority is, you know, it's, it's, you know, zone one, very aerobic. Yeah. It's easy. You know, it's, it's generally easy, but you're just doing it all day long. And I just had this thought like, gosh, this is kind of, this is probably like a really good example of what, you know, evolutionary human movement looked like. Yeah. You know? And so it really just, and, and this was in the last couple of years, I've really started to think about this. So I'm like, how can I, how can I like essentially live like a hunter gather in my, in my office with my, you know, IMAX screen, you know? So it's, and, and uh, you know, listening to Brad's podcast, he, I think it was with dude spellings. He, uh, he was talking about his micro workout regimen and the dude was doing like, like, I want to say it was like 300 pushups a day, Spread over a hundred pull-ups squats and you know walking slash running you know several miles and it it wasn't like a big deal it was just kind of you know he would take these 10 15 minute breaks and it would just aggregate throughout the day and that what stood out to me the most and what i've experienced in general is i just have so much more i'm not burnt out at the end of the day i'm tired i feel good but i'm not like exhausted like after doing like a crossfit workout right you're accomplished exactly yeah I dig it, you know, and to your point, Brad actually pointed out, I was like, you can't not pick up those kettlebells, you know, and like throw them around every once in a while. So that's what, like, like what you do. I'll get it from this and I'll, I'll spend 10, you know, five, 10 minutes and just go through some movements, you know, if not uh, flexible steel drills, mobilizing, if those are done for the day, then I'll, I'll do several sets of swings or I'll, you know, 
knock out some push-ups or something just it all adds up like you said you actually brought that to my attention last time we talked and i was like yeah it's a fantastic way now that most of us are working from home quite a bit more and if you have access to any of these tools then why wouldn't you just grease the groove and get some movement in right right yeah can, can, can you speak to grease the groove as far as like just you you're you, you're able to package these things in such a concise digestible statement can you talk about grease the groove real quick just for the monkeys really appreciate that. That was very kind. Um, grease in the groove. So basically, I, I think, and I think a lot of people agree, the strength, you already have the strength. It's just like, how do you open up the, the, the pathways to let that strength out? Practice, just getting the reps in, right? And those reps don't have to come in, in order all in like a, a half hour bunch. They can come like three here, five there, three over there. It'll accumulate. And you'll notice like, oh, that pattern is becoming more efficient. That weight is becoming more manageable. And it, it just, you're greasing the groove like, like water eroding through the earth or creating a new uh, canyon. You're just greasing this groove until it's almost involuntary. Like that is my squat pattern. I can load it. That is my hinge pattern. I can load that. The, the pull-up is not a problem. The, the pistol squat is just, a, I can do that and play with the knees. It just becomes part of your pattern by greasing the groove. And is there like, is there an actual like physical change, like the, in like the myelin sheath or something like that, where it's like, you're just improving that, that electrical current essentially? I, I would think so. I can't speak to that, um, but yeah. I think I'm correct. Yeah. Okay. I think, gosh, I, I'm, I swear I've heard that. It might've actually been from Pavel, but um, I do remember hearing something about like, you know, that neuromuscular junction, essentially there's there's a literal physical change from just the myelin sheath around the nerve, just creating a better insulating effect. So that nerve transmission is more efficient, I guess. I like um, it. I dig I, it. Maybe Dan. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I'm speaking accurately or not, but I think there's something along those lines. So it sounds good. I like it for sure. And how, so for grease the groove, we, we actually did, this was gosh, like in uh, the wild man, Earl shout out uh, wild man, Earl from Norway. Yeah, real wild men of the north. Uh, we did a we did a pull up thing back in like 2015, and it was kind of grease the groove esque. But I haven't looked I haven't looked into grease the groove since then. Really, it just I so it slowly eroded out of my mind because I haven't been greasing that groove. So can you talk about maybe more on like a um, like practical level what those kind of reps and stuff look like? Oh, sure. Well, to be totally honest, um, the, the technique creates the groove has been around for, for a long time with Pavel. And I, I got involved with Strong First in 2014 or 15. So it was before when I got involved. Okay. And my understanding is when I've, when I've heard and learned creates the groove has been uh, interwoven with the, the SFG and SFL and SFB certifications. So not specifically out of like Power to the People or Naked Warrior or other books like that prior to um, my education with Strong First. But basically... My interpretation of grease to groove is just, um, you, you can pick, say it's overhead press, military press. Um, you don't, like I said, don't have to do it all in one set. You could just pick it up and do a couple of presses and then go check on the kid or go get the mail. And then you come back and, oh, there's that kettlebell. Let's go do a couple more. Usually low reps, three to five, right? Um, if the weight's really, really light and you're wanting to practice a pattern, perhaps maybe 10 or more repetitions, but you don't want to go to fatigue, right? not going to fatigue and you're not trying to like break a sweat or whatever or work out. You just, I, I hate to reuse the words grease to groove. You're just, you know, refining that pattern. Right. Right. You do it often. And it, it does add up as you've experienced. It does have a, 
beneficial accomplishing effect without the muscle congestion and, you know, burnout. Right. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, just thinking about it off the fly is, you know, when like the one hour class is kind of, you got to get everything in and it's just, it's a, it's a factor of the time. You just, the density of training has to be accomplished in that, you know, whatever time it is. So therefore it's going to be less rest and potentially more fatiguing. But when you have more time and you're also in an environment where you can do these things, that's where I think you can make that jump. You know, I, I just, I get it where it's like, if you, if you're going to the gym to train, which isn't, isn't a bad thing in itself, it's just, you have to accomplish what you need to accomplish in that time, in that space. Whereas if you have a home, like it sounds like we do, you know, you can kind of, you can be doing this, you know, all day long, essentially. So there, there is, we are products of our, of our environment in that way. And that, that's something that's kind of driven our, our products as well as, you know, trying to make it easy to fit seamlessly into your life, you know? Yeah. Well, here's a concept for the listeners and viewers. Go buy Dan's products. They're really, really good products. And then keep them close to you. Keep them out. Don't put them away. Keep them attached to the back of the door or wherever you use them, right? And that way you you walk by like, I should probably use the monkey bar too. It's right there. Sure, yeah. sure. <laughs> Just knock out some rows or some curls or some squats or whatever it is. You're going to feel so much better. And it's just right there. Like make it accessible. Like uh, Brad did a great job of this. He's like, whatever's around you in your environment, right? That's affecting you. And my wife is like, uh, what is that Japanese like spiritual organizer lady? Um, I forget, but Marie Kondi. Oh, yeah, 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 totally. She's like that, right? So everything in our home is very intentional, has a purpose and a place. And if it's not a place, we know. So um, it also creates for like more efficient use of stuff, right? Like we're, if we haven't used something in six months, we give it to a friend or donate it. It's not bringing us joy or whatever. Right, right. But, uh, yeah, make things accessible and you'll use them, right? Um, like I always have my gratuity journal right there at my desk. Oh, you know, nice. You've been in this journal before. Oh, thanks, man. Of course. No, I, I appreciate you. <laughs> and, uh, it, you know, just having these kinds of patterns out, and I'm not the best person. I shouldn't be giving this kind of advice because I don't always practice it, but it <laughs> make it accessible and there's a good chance to use it. And if you use it, you, you'll probably benefit from it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I really like, uh, I, I think I want to, I think the micro workout work all day concept, I think what's lacking, I, I think the problem potentially could be for folks is it's just, it, you know, you can ha write out like a workout program that you can do just at the gym, for example, it's going to take X amount of time. It's just, it's this finite thing. What I've noticed in the micro workout kind of conversation, it's, it's almost too abstract. Like no one's really taken it and created like the, okay, today, every 50 minutes, you're going to stop what you're doing and do X, Y, Z. You're going to do that for eight hours. You know what I mean? I think that's just like, you need like that treasure map, you know, that's like every step of the way, you know, I think that would really, really get folks on board. So let's make it, let's do it. Yeah. Well, you mentioned, you know, pirates earlier. So shit, man, let's, uh... <laughs> let's make the pirate map on the booty. Oh, all about the booty. This is a triple entendre. I love it. And we can solve a lot of problems here. This is great. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, I think there's just, I actually bought, I don't have them with me, they're at my house, but I bought some um, hourglass timers. Mm -hmm. So I have a 45 minute one and a 15 minute one. My, my thought, my, the reason being is I wanted a break from technology. Like part of, part of the idea for me was like, I want to get away from the computer, get away from my phone. Mm -hmm. 
So if I have the hourglass, I don't have a ding, another ding going off. I actually, I don't, I, the only thing I get is calls and texts. I turn off all notifications, but um, just, just this kind of tactile physical thing, this hourglass I can use as a reference for, okay, time for a, uh, a micro sesh, you know? I dig that. I, also what I like about the hourglass actually is it's not interruptive. Like you have to notice it, but it's not like this thing that, you know, you're in the middle of something, a conversation like this, whatever, and you hear bing, right? Mm -hmm. The hourglass, I have to, I have to notice it. And it kind of like, it kind of gives you that uh, sense of urgency as well. It's like, all right, boom, 45 minutes. I gotta, I gotta hammer down, get this done. And then you're looking forward to that break. So I, you know, it's still, I haven't, I haven't been using it every single day yet, but it's been a, it's been a process that I've been enjoying so far. That's really cool and actionable. I like that. I'm going to, I'm going to ask that for Christmas. I, uh, Amazon baby. Amazon, exactly. <laughs> I bought my wife a, a Apple watch and it really helped her for accountability with uh, her mother and some other friends and they would hold each other accountable. Okay. I got myself because I saw how well I was working for her and it lasted about two days before I took it off and went back to my Sunto because dings and notifications and this and that. I'm like, I know it, there's some of the dings are like breathe, you know, or do right. something. I, I could dig that, but I sure. like it better for sure sometimes uh technology is just a overkill right well yeah it's like um we used to talk about you know I'm, i am a big tim ferris fan but my uh, monkey partner david and i we talk about how you can get you there's like a bell curve to it where you can get to this point of you're trying to optimize so much that you're just optimizing all day long versus like doing things you know yeah. Uh, that's true. And there's also that paralysis by analysis too. I know a lot of people like have all the systems in place and I, I see their whiteboard and I'm like, Oh my God, where do you even start? For sure. Yeah. There's certainly a balance, but. Oh, that's really, well, um, you have a big lunch coming up here. This is Thanksgiving week. And uh, I want to have two, two things I definitely want to cover is like, I'm thankful for, for a lot of things. I'm thankful for you, Dan. So I definitely want to cover like what we're thankful for. And then I also want to make a, attention to your big drop on this Friday. Oh, thanks, man. All right. Yeah. You want to start? Uh, sure. Well, I'm all about giving thanks. Um, God, this year has been crazy, obviously for everybody, right? If there's anything, though, I think that we can take away from this is a sense of community is very important, communication and, and being open, and also being grateful for the things that we probably took for granted, you know, like seeing an uncovered face, you know, at the store and seeing that person smile or being able to go to your favorite place or being able to go visit friends or family. So... Um, gosh, but even though this is all crazy and stuff and I've, I've had two gyms close in one day and, you know, I've lost friends and family and stuff. There's been some amazing things I'm thankful for, like the opportunities to get to speak with great people like you, uh, Brad Kearns, Dr. Craig Marker, Eric Frohart, working with Pavel. Are you kidding me? That's like a total, moment, you know, like, um, and Dan, John and Pat Flynn. I've had Pat Flynn on like seven times. Oh, nice, man. Yeah, he's such a great guy to talk with. He's all about minimalist working out too. He wrote the book on it, right? Right. So, yeah. Um, I could go on a long list of the people I'm, I'm grateful for, for being on the show. Um, and it's been also cool with uh, companies like Patagonia and, and Fuel Raven and all these companies that kind of went on hold in March, like we all did. And then they, they found ways to safely get back to production and, and reintroduce things. And like outdoor retailer didn't happen this year, um, which is the biggest event in this hemisphere for seeing what's new and upcoming for gear for all kinds of outdoor like from you know a little bit of hunting but mostly just like recreational outdoor stuff right and so you know and a lot of magazines have shut down a lot of places have closed down somehow we've tripled in riders we're like 35 riders now 
which oh, is wow. great. Yeah, and a really diverse backgrounds, like men and women, all ages and ethnicities and different places around the world. And so I'm really thankful that, you know, a lot of them have stepped up and started covering topics that I know nothing about. Stand up paddleboarding, climbing like you do. I don't know anything about climbing. Um, kids, I don't have kids either. Like, I don't know what it's like to take a kid camping. <laughs> well, I've camped with kids, and I know it's, it's not easy. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'll stop going on my thankful tangent, but very thankful for a lot of things. And so hopefully that gave you a little, gave you a little bit of time there to think about it. Oh, yeah, man. No, I, uh, I'll just say I'm thankful for the monkeys, man. I mean, it's, uh, you know, I just, I wouldn't be standing here if it wasn't for the monkeys. So, you know, our whole, our whole business and foundation has been because monkeys have come back to support us year after year. So thanks guys. Monkeys. (laughs) Yeah. I keep, man, this is bugging me. I keep like having this thought and then it, it slips away. I didn't drink enough coffee or something. Oh, here's what I want to do. I want to see if there's a, I put out an Instagram. I want to see if there's any questions for that folks sent in while we're live. Let's see here. And let's see here. Okay. Wild man, Brock blades. He says, I've had a tendency to focus too much on one thing. He wants to know how to have a well-rounded training and fitness program. Good. Yeah. Well, what's this one thing you stuck on or what's he, what's he doing the most of, do you know? That's a good question. Yeah, Probably so monkey. <laughs> Do what you're not doing for sure. It's right. easy. I'm guilty of this too. It's easy to gravitate to what you're good at, right? Because everybody likes to feel successful. But man, growth isn't the failure, right? Like, I, f- I don't know about you, but I fail every day. I try something new where I have a pitch and it just doesn't go anywhere, you know, whatever. And for so sure. you learn. So I think for me, like, I know I need to do probably more core work and i know because I'm, I'm sitting down a lot more and so i'll go do something i'm like oh my core i feel it more than usual like so i need to really do that more um and mobility work i just recently did a flexible steel you would love it it's all body weight based and it's okay. like moving joints into proper range of motion to, to allow for better movement not necessarily flexibility but better movement and allowing you to perform better and safer it's good okay. stuff so um for me, I needed to do more of that more often. So I'm, I'm creating these short videos, kind of like your pirate map theme. So like something like every hour, you get up for two minutes and do the angle mobility drills. The next hour, it's shoulder drills. Next hour, it's the neck drills. That way you've got some constant movement. Right, right. To Brock's question, I think just look in the mirror and see, you know, not to like look at yourself in the mirror, but look in the, the proverbial mirror and think what is missing and just do that. Right. Yeah, yeah, I, I've actually, I, I, my answer is going to be very similar. I, I started about, gosh, I don't know, it was a little over a month ago maybe, but I, I've been keeping a daily training journal, which has been, it's so useful to be able to look back and see like, oh, wow, I'm doing this like five times a week. Like maybe I need to <laughs> throw in a little more uh, variety. But yeah, I think as Sean said, you know, it's just the, uh, I know I personally, and I think most folks tend to do what we're good at. So mm-hmm. Do what you're not doing. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You will get good and well-rounded. Right. So, so what, uh, what else are you working on? What's cut? What's, what's next? Um, holiday gift guide for endearment. Okay. Uh, every year we, we launch it the week of Thanksgiving and it's a cumulative, uh, basically like the best gear of the year for us that we recommend for our family members and friends and, and readers. Yeah. 
So uh, it's not just a list. I know there's a ton of lists people just like put together in 15 minutes. No, this is taking us two months. We always take us about two months because I, I collectively pull from all the writers. What are your two or three favorite things? And then we do a, a, a short blurb of it and then a video of it so you can see it and then a link to the more detailed thousand word write-up so you can learn more about it if you're curious because it might be a big purchase. Um, so we do men's and women's clothing. So we have so many sunglasses, Dan, if you need some sunglasses, I literally have like 12 pairs of sunglasses, like really good ones too. Okay. Uh, so boots, shoes, um, molecule sent over the air purifier, that big old, oh, nice. yeah. So that review will be up tomorrow. Okay. Um, yeah. So holiday gear guide. And then the website, again, everything breaks. So the website broke about two months ago and so I had to completely rebuild it, which is a blessing and a curse. So now it, it works better and it's more streamlined, but okay. Yeah, but keeping busy with uh, that kind of behind the scenes nerdy stuff. Okay, right on, man. What you've got to fill me in on what's going on with you. Yeah, <laughs> let me show you. Uh, I'm standing on Stoic right now. Yes. Check it out. That guy. Oh, that is so cool. This is this is our one and only prototype, but uh, yeah. So these surfaces, it's all modular. So this balance beam pops off. Oh, cool. And these surfaces are removable as well. But um, yeah, man, it's uh, it's a real, and actually we're adding a, uh, a wobble feature. So this screws onto the bottom. This is so on the bottom here. Yes. And then it turns into a balance board. Oh, I love it. And I love the name Stoic too. That's so cool, Dan. I've seen pictures of this on your, in your uh, social media and I was like, oh my God. And especially a lot of people sit stand desk and this is, a perfect tool for that yeah it's like we realized it's basically a gym for your feet like that's what it is yeah. in a nutshell <laughs> gym for your feet i love it and it's uh you know i stand on it you know all day pretty much every day and it's i notice i'm kind of like it's all it's all subconscious but you know i'm doing like little calf raises and playing with my toes and grabbing stuff and it's just you know we literally to make this, we, we went down to the river, glued rocks to a piece of ply, ply, uh, excuse me, plywood and shipped it off. It, it got 3D scanned. So it's, you know, it's, it's essentially what we made, you know, from uh, real natural surface or uh, materials. So it's, um, I think it's really cool. That's super cool. A gym for your feet. I love it. I'll, I'll buy one as soon as possible. <laughs> well, I got to send you a, I need to send you a 360. And then I think uh, you probably need a stoic as well. So for sure my wife was intrigued too yeah i'll put that to use immediately yeah it's one of those things like it's not comfortable but it's not painful either it just it kind of like you know if something's too comfortable then you just like your body just kind of shuts down it's an it's just uncomfortable enough where you're engaged if that makes sense so yeah and that's what it is like we didn't make it to be this like cush standing that it's it's a gym for your feet you know you got to be uncomfortable I like it keeps you active yeah absolutely i dig that. i remember i wanted to ask you now and i want to be respectful of your time do you need a bounce here at 11 no, good okay well let's let's rock and roll then hey uh <laughs> i want to ask you do you do any sort of like breath specific breath work training or is that something you're into or explored at all you know what? Uh, I, I did look into this. My friend, Eric Frohart, who's been on the show before, um, he's a bow hunter as well. Uh, okay. And he turned me on to the oxygen advantage. Have you heard oh, of that? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I have it on my Kindle. Um, I, haven't, I haven't finished it yet, but. It's really good. Okay. Um, I did the audiobook because I, you know, prior to COVID, I, used, I would drive a lot. So audiobooks are how I consume my content. And the author, I think he's Irish, 
great voice. And uh, it's really cool. Basic, basically, nose breathing, right? Right. Um, and th- there are recommendations, and I don't do this, but taping your mouth shut when you sleep. Now, Eric does that. That's next level. But he's also a retired Navy SEAL sniper, so he's pretty badass. Right. Yeah. Um, but basically being cognizant of aware that you're breathing through your nose, right? And at first, a lot of people, myself included, I've got pretty bad allergies. I, I didn't think I could breathe through my nose. But now that I, I consciously do that, the cavity feels more clear. It, it's yeah. not to explain it. And then um, like what I just did, I breathed in and I would hold my breath. The opposite of that, you would exhale and then hold your breath. That would be a more true test of your capacity. Right. Um, it's really worth checking out. I'd love to get your feedback after you get done with the book. Sure. Um, and then there's other ones. Uh, there's a second wind from Strong First, which I have not done. But yeah. probably touch on a little bit of the breath work in the in the strong endurance manual there's a, a little bit of stuff in there too but basically yeah breath work i've just been working on do you ever track your heart rate variability i do not i think you would get kick out of it okay easy rabbit hole to get down too far though i, I had the apple watch and that's the reason i got it was to track that and i got neurotic tracking every hour and if it wasn't good i was like oh my god I'm gonna die. you know and right. so I forgot that people vary throughout the day. <laughs> it can't always be good. Um, but it's, uh, as you're doing the heart rate variability, it's easy to be really aware of your breath. So you can do like the box breathing, you know, four, 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 five, five, five. I get up to six, 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 six. And that's like four or five breaths per minute. So you really get efficient. And it really calm things down mentally and, and things just work in your heart rate eventually lowers. It's good stuff. That's oh, yeah, man. I think I, I, uh, I really got into like the nasal only breathing this past winter. Mm-hmm. I would do Tabatas on the, on the Airdyne. Oh yeah. And that like, I, it was super, I mean, I couldn't do it actually when I first started, I could do maybe two or three rounds, which that's what a minute and a half, two minutes. And I just, I couldn't do it. But as I, as I kept trying, I could get farther and farther. And then eventually like, you know, the full eight rounds was no big deal, but I think there was something about doing it in the high, with the high intensity that kind of helped maybe speed up that adjustment or something like that. But now it's like almost second nature. Right. So it was like, it was doing the, the sprints and the, just the crazy like hyperventilation through the nose. Now it's like, you know, it can just, it's like, uh, I read breath. Is it breath or breathe? The James Nestor. That could, popped up. Yeah, people recommended that book. I'll look I at it. I if it's breath or breathe, but it's James Nestor. That was really good. And then, um, I, I breathing for warriors. I have oxygen advantage and, um, I've been, I've been looking at like Brian McKenzie stuff, some XBT stuff. And, um, yeah, it's something I'm really interested in. I just have a hard time personally, like sitting down doing it. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I can do yoga and focus on the breathing with the movement, but I don't know. I, I, I wonder if I have kind of like an ADHD like tendency. I can see that you have a lot of good ideas. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I wonder if that's like, yeah, I don't know. It's never been like a, a problem, but I think I definitely, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm all, I'm, I notice my attention shifts rapidly throughout the day. So I feel you on that. Yeah. I, that's why I've like been an entrepreneur. So I'm really good. I feel like for like two or three hours, I can really hyper focus and yeah, yeah. in one area. Then I'm like, all right, I'm either burnt out or not as effective as I could be shift over somewhere else. Right. I, I have like a probably four part day 
and it, it seems to work really, really well that way. Smart, man. Yeah. I, I've always thought like with just life in general, like I grew up, my whole life was seasons, right? Whether it was like school and then summer or like to me, it was sports really. It's like everything was seasonal, you know, off season, preseason, postseason. And then uh, even work, you know, after college, I spent, it was like five years, basically. Like I was a seasonal, yeah, I'd work, I was a ranger, a firefighter in the summer. And then in the winter would do, you know, various other things. But yeah, man, I think like that, just the crank for eight hours straight, just, I, that's another thing. Like I just, that's not a evolutionary conducive, evolutionarily conducive to just the human temperament, I think. Oh, I'm with you on that. I, and fortunately, like, like you and I have like different income streams, right? Like you've created yeah. like passive income. And so it's not like uh, time for money necessarily. I, I still do time for money for sure. But like, it's nice to have the ability to uh, positively affect a large audience um, through teaching and, and, you know, creating content and building devices. Um, I was going to ask you, and at a lot of respect, like you mentioned, you were a wilderness forest fire for five years. And really close to home here in Colorado, we had the worst fire season ever. Like, what is your take on that? And how close did it affect you? And I remember uh, I was, I think I was working out in my garage and I was walking into our house. We live in Superior now and it's, we're just up kind of, so you can see like north along the front range. And I remember seeing this smoke and it was like real close. And I kind of did a double take because there's, there were so many fires going on. Seeing the smoke wasn't surprising. It was how close it was that was surprising. And I went, I went in immediately and saw like new fire, Calwood fire just north of Boulder. And man, that thing got close. That was, you know, it was, we were in no danger whatsoever where we were, but it was just like, you could see flames essentially from our back porch, which was, that's just a wild situation to be in. And, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of factors that are going into this wildfire season, but I know one reason actually I want to get out of firefighting was because I think the fire suppression just wasn't good for the forest in general. And part of the reason why we're seeing these bigger fires now is because there's essentially been this fuel buildup since, you know, fire suppression started. I think I want to say it was either post-World War One or post-World War Two, but you know, it's been almost a hundred years now. So, um, you know, and that's why I was drawn more to the wilderness side where it's interesting just from an agency management practice and policy. Like if a fire starts in the wilderness, they let it burn or at least, you know, they might suppress some of it, but they'll kind of shepherd it. And they're not just going to go full on frontal attack to put this thing out. Whereas like, you know, if a fire starts closer to in, in a, just kind of a standard forest or BLM land designation, it's that thing's going out quickly, which, you know, in some cases, like I get it, like structures of people's homes are there. Like that's, I think that's a totally reasonable approach, but you know, I, I think there's a lot of politics behind it in the sense of people don't, people don't understand like fire's a natural part of the forest ecology and life cycle. And so burning, letting things burn just doesn't look good. Like the optics of it don't look good, you know? So there's certainly like a political side, but yeah, man, I mean, it made me, uh, I, I don't miss it. That's for sure. Like sucking smoke all summer is not fun. And, you know, props to the firefighters out there. I still have a bunch of friends that do it and uh, it's hard ass work. It's super fun. Don't get me wrong. There's some, it was like for that time in my life, it was unbelievably fun. I, the first fire I went on, it was in 2008 in California. 
this dry lightning storm came through, started like, I think like 300 little fires that all kind of coalesced into these huge, you know, multi-thousand, 10, 100,000 acre fires. And I think it was like maybe the second or third day they hand me this like 44 Magnum looking thing that shoots like fire grenades. And told me to climb this mountain and start shooting it off like into the woods because we were, we were doing, uh, we were burning. We were, we essentially started a fire to stop the fire, which sounds counterintuitive, but really effective. And uh, like, you know, I was 23 at the time and uh, it was just so, you know, it was like. You got to shoot a gun full. Of- no, it, was, it was so much fun, you know, but uh, it definitely wasn't just something I want to do forever, but you know, props to the guys and gals out there doing it. Cause it's, it's hard ass work and it's, um, it's full on. Yeah. Oh, I love your insight. I, I, I did not think about that the way you present it. So thank you for turning me on to that. And, um, God, I, I was checking those fires every day. There's oh, yeah. the, I was checking every day because I have never seen anything like it. So Jones pass got closed and like we were I was up there camping and I was like, there's a lot of smoke coming on from somewhere. And then a friend went up to the, to the pass and took a picture. It looked like hell, just fire everywhere. Right? right. And then went to Grand Lake. And then the next day that was on fire. And I'm like, what the hell? And then the Rocky Mountain National Park's on fire. And then Fort Collins, I'm like, what? And then the air quality was just crap. And uh, so I was like, I can't fix the outdoor air quality. So I pitched Molecule. I'm like, can we fix the indoor air quality? And I sent over it. Oh, what a fascinating take on it. And I figured there was some kind of method of using fire to fight fire. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, especially when they're that big, it's like, you know, just you can't, the heat that comes off those, like when it's like a crown fire, like when the whole tree's burning. I mean, you wouldn't believe, first of all, it sounds like a freight train driving through like a dynamite factory. It's just so loud. And then just the heat that comes off, you just, you think you're far away, but man, it's like, it's, uh, it's hot. So... Yeah, it's just, you know, and there's certainly other factors. Climate change is certainly a factor. The beetle kill here in Colorado is certainly a factor. You know, there's a, it's, a, it's definitely a multifactorial situation across the West, but I think one, like, kind of the solution in a way is more fire, or at least, like, you know, we used to actually spend a lot of time, we would go through what they called units, and we'd cut basically younger trees. So we'd cut all these younger trees that were below a certain diameter, make huge piles and then in the fall we'd go back and burn them so it was like you know it was you're burning in a generally low consequence situation typically when there's like weather on the way that was actually really fun too because you'd go walk around with uh like a propane tank on your back and a flamethrower essentially <laughs> so you walk up these piles and you know <laughs> it. and a- uh yeah we'd bring hot dogs and brats and have hot lunch. it was fun you know it's just what I miss and what I miss about training regularly as well is like that, like going to work physically, I miss that. Mm-hmm. You know? And I, 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 it would almost be really cool to kind of be able to do like you're doing like work with people one-on-one directly in you know physical presence, but then also take, use that as kind of a laboratory and learning situation to spread the good word of movement and the good word of the wild across, you know, the platforms like zoom where it's, you know, essentially infinitely scalable. So I do, I do miss that. So monkeys, you want to do some uh, virtual training stuff, let me know. I'd be interested, but also in person. Dude, that would be fantastic. Yeah. I would like to sign up for one of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dan knows his stuff for sure. He's a great teacher. If you need a location, uh, I have two gyms we can operate out of outside. 
Oh yeah. So, so what's the deal? So are you guys, the gym is open. You just have to be outside. We can have up to 10% capacity. So for okay. us, it's like 15, 20 people. And we haven't had any more than 12 since um, May. So we've been way ahead of it. Okay. Gosh, man. Then, and can go outside. We have a whole outdoor activity. Like we have MoveNet. We have two MoveNet setups. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So like real legit setups, right? Okay. And then all the weights you'd ever want. I think we have like 25 bar, but we hosted the barbell certification for Strong First. Oh, nice. Okay. So we have all the weight, all okay. the all the all the stuff you have the tools we have the places to hang it up okay i'd love thing. to come for a sesh man that'd be fun and meet our crew they're they're badasses oh i believe it you, you're hanging out with you <laughs> <laughs> thanks man i'm lucky to have good company for sure <laughs> oh absolutely man well you are uh what what is it like you're the you're the sum of your five most closest yeah interactions would, isn't that's a thing wisely. right yeah choose wisely people <laughs> right absolutely more intelligent or that drive you to be a better person and it, it will because you're a product of your environment it will you know affect you positively oh hell yeah i think i used to the the first gym I actually was a coach at was in california it was actually ran by a gentleman hans florin he's had the nose speed climbing record like i don't know a dozen times he's traded it back and forth he's like He'll, he'll break the record with someone like Alex Honnold and then Alex Honnold will team up with like Tommy Caldwell and break it, you know? So the yeah. Hans is the man, but, uh, we, the gym was a hundred percent outside. We had a storage container with all the equipment and then just a little covered area, but we would train rain or shine, cold, hot, whatever. And there was something, I, I think there's, there's definitely something to that of like getting that expo the environmental conditioning, man. I really think there's like, just throughout the year, like, you know, you spend a lot, you're outside all the time. So you get the hot, you get the cold, yeah. you get the rain, the snow, like I, there's just gotta be something there that, you know, it's, it's hard to like measure objectively, but there's, it's just, again, I like to think about like, what's natural for yeah. people. Well, I, I, I second what you're saying. I really believe, and I'm sure we can find some studies and find some people who know the studies um, of, of exposure therapy and how it benefits, whether it's hot with a sauna or heat or with cold, which I love cold. You love cold. You can always dress to the cold. Plus, uh, one of our favorite activities, splitboarding, takes place in the cold. So <laughs> I'll get used to it. But yeah, you're right. I think training outside, and Dan John talks about this, like his his gym, it'll get so cold. He's in, he's in Utah. It'll get so cold that he can barely feel his fingers. I'm like, great, you know? get more, more uh, grip strength right there, you know? And also you don't want to, you don't want to launch a 32 kilo kettlebell <laughs> onto it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think everybody should get more comfortable being uncomfortable. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, you, uh, oh, sorry, please continue. Like you're, like you're a stoic mat, you know, like, yeah, yeah. there's a threshold get used to that threshold. Exactly. Well, I hate like, no, I have a two year old daughter. She, she, she's barefoot all the time. She runs outside on the gravel rocks and she just sprints across, no hesitation, no flinching, nothing. I come up behind her, I'm doing like the, ooh, ah, you know, the wussy feet, man. It's yeah. such a bummer. It is. Well, do you ever get things stuck in your feet? Like I, I earth all the time, right? When I'm camping, okay. like every, every six months, I get something stuck in my foot and then I have oh, to yeah. pull it out. And, or my wife, my wife's getting really good at this. Pulling okay. it. <laughs> yeah. So there's a, you know, give and a take for sure. Oh yeah, man. It's just, yeah, I can't, I, I heard someone mention that one time and I really like, they're like, I like to think about just a human as a natural, like a wild animal, essentially. Like what would be natural? Well, it's probably, you know, you know, who I think was uh, at least a huge influence on that thought is uh, Erwin LaCour. 
Oh yeah, I got his book right there. Boom. Oh nice man. Is that his new one? It is. Yep, it is. Okay, I need to read that. Monkey Kim shout out. Uh she rec she highly recommended it. So oh I remember I wanted to ask you. I need to start taking notes so I don't forget. Um Dan John, yes. the man. Oh yeah. He is so, I, I, so because of Pat Flynn, um, as Pat and I had the best conversations actually off of camera, we just let loose and he's got an SG, which is that guitar right there. And we just, we're dorks. And um, he's a great guy. He's like, you should talk to Dan John. I was like, I can talk to Dan John. And then next day, I know uh, next week or the week after I had Dan John on. So hopefully the, before Christmas, I have Dan John on again. He's a hoot. He is so fun. Um, and for you out there, if you don't know who Dan John is, if you've ever done a goblet squat or a farmer's carry, Dan John. A lot of things are credited to Dan John. <laughs> that I, I'm always learning something new. I'm like, oh, that's, that's a Dan John original. And he's like the best strength coach you've never heard of. Right. Yeah. And he's written for uh, like men's health and like all kinds of publications. And he's just a really down to earth person too. Just. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's almost like, he's almost like too down to earth and too like pragmatic and like just uh, what's the word I'm looking for. It's like, it's almost too simple, you know? I couldn't believe I was sitting there talking with him about a bug out bag. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Later that night, my car got broken into my truck and like $8,000 worth of gear was stolen. And I was like, well, I have good insurance. So all, you know, it all worked out. And that person who took it probably needed more than I did. But, um, and it's just stuff. I mean, we get so much stuff anyways, but yeah, it's uh, Dan John. I'll, I'll try and link you guys up. He is yeah, love to talk to him, man. Really good guy. He, uh, what's his, I remember, I can't, he has a workout with, I want to say it's like a front rack kettlebell workout where you do squats and then maybe front carries. I can't remember. Do you remember, you know what I'm talking about? There's like a name for it. Um, the one that comes to mind the most is um, the, oh, it's, it's basically a clean, a press and squat um, armor building. Okay. And so that one's, really, I think it's like two or three cleans, a couple of presses and a couple of squats. And uh, armor is like pretty much the shoulders to the legs and it works really well. Actually, yeah. in my, my 1130 class here, I base off of his 30-30 for 30, which is 30 seconds of a movement, usually body weight, whether it's a, a dog squat or like a air squat or a plank or Davies or whatever, and 30 seconds of rest. And we do it for 30 minutes. I elongate it to, to 38. And then, I, you know, so thanks to Dan John for that, that platform. Okay. Yeah, super simple. Yeah. I think his workout, I think it's something, it was like, you would do like, you know, I can't remember how many squats. You'd have two kettlebells front rack, do, you know, whatever, 10 squats. And then you do like a 50 yard or 50 foot front rack walk, do it again, like back and forth. I got to look that up, I'm trying to find it and put it in the notes, but Hey man, uh, I better let you go if you got a class. <laughs> well, yeah, I, Dan, always a pleasure. Thank you for doing the Thanksgiving episode and I'm super excited. I'll, I'll have links for your Friday drop for the, is it the 360? Yeah, so it's uh, we're dropping at eleven fifty nine p.m. Eastern time. So that would be what uh, nine fifty nine Mountain, and uh, the rest of the world you have to do the math. But yeah, we're dropping our Black Friday starting eleven fifty nine p.m. Eastern time, and we've got uh, Monkey Bars Two Special Edition Adventure Kit. We've got Isocore X, which is rad. Really love that thing. We've got Monkey Merino, which I'm not wearing. But I'm wearing a merino shirt. Um, we got some monkey merino coming. Yeah. What? Oh, so I mean that. Yeah, I got you. I, yeah, I got you. You got you got one with your name on that. Don't don't buy one. Um, and then you know we're gonna have more discounts on whatnot on 360 barefoot mats, all that stuff. So, yeah, it should be good. Oh, it's awesome. I have links below, and uh, I can speak honestly. Uh, 
monkey products are fantastic and they're portable. In my truck, I've got two sets of monkey bars too, Isocore. It, they're fantastic. They work. And it's money well spent with a, a great family man right there, Dan. Thank you, sir. Well, thank you for being on the show. Um, Engagement listeners and viewers, hopefully you found this, uh, I know you found this helpful and resourceful. I'll try and put as much show notes below so you can learn more about the quick and the dead, more about Monkey Dan, uh, more about anything we talked about. And again, um, email us, Dan or me, uh, with questions, and we'll do this again uh, sooner than later because we always have a lot of fun stuff to talk about. So yeah, it's fun, man. I'll try not to uh, forget all my questions next time. Oh, good. I, I have two pages of notes, and I think I only asked two of the questions, so we'll have more to get to next time. Game up. I know, right? Me too, every day. All right, much love to you, Dan, you and your family, and to the Gamer viewers. Oh, man. Monkey on. And uh, take care. Adios. Uh